us everyone welcome to the charvak podcast if in case you're wondering why do i have a big smile on my face listen it's just been a funny 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 few days so before uh, anybody says this podcast was planned and it's good daniel is right there at least two and a half weeks ago so daniel yeah. and i i think i reached out to daniel when the globe and mail article um came out to michael and in fact yeah, yeah, yeah about the two michaels i think i think your timeline's accurate yeah so I, I think that's when we we decided to do this podcast and and i messaged that daniel and it was literally uh, about hey did you read the the two michaels uh, uh, revelation on globe and mail and dan was like no i didn't read it well, send it across and then i sent it to him i was like uh, the story has taken a complete new turn and the original plan was we were going to talk only about the two Michaels and the curious case of the two Michaels. And then this whole Brampton thing happened. So we're still going to stick to our original plan, which is we're going to stick to the two Michaels. But because the shit has hit the roof in Canada uh, and, 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 and every time I was just literally laughing with Daniel offline and I was telling him, I was like, listen, man, every time you decide to come on my podcast, something has to happen. You're jinxed. I know or my kings or my I am profit or my like listen, Canada's a silly place anyway. So it's it's like yes, every time I come here, one of the sillier things we do, uh it gets noticed. But yeah, that's the thing. So I guess we could we can we can start in uh China, which is uh not our friend. Yeah. So Canada is a gender studies class that's owned by China. Um so that's basically what we are now. It's like gender it's a high level gender studies class. Like gender studies 347 and it's imagine it's that's what the country is and it's basically owned by you know china so you have a bunch of foreign chinese students and they don't really care about any of this because you know china has you know they're just trying to take over taiwan but we're here we are talking about pronouns and in this gender studies classroom that is canada um we have a lot of problems um due to I mean, a confluence of issues, you could say, you know, lack of national identity, you know, uh, foreign, uh, a system of elites and establishment just don't take um, foreign policy or national security even remotely seriously. And um, yeah, so we, we've had, a, I mean, especially under, um, you can actually argue that Trudeau's liberals are actually not as bad as Christian's liberals, which is the sad thing. But um the the Canadian establishment has been bought off by the Chinese over the decades, um, slowly and surely. And now you have, um, right, you have this, we have this weird thing where we had our big, two big things, like the two Michaels, Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavrik, which were, they were essentially taken hostage by the CCP in response to Canada, you know, arresting Meng Wanzhou, which was a high-level Chinese-connected CCP person who was sanctioned busting for Iran. Um, and so the Trump administration wanted them picked up. Uh, she was released by Joe Biden because Joe Biden wants to be soft on Iran. So Joe Biden says, okay, just give him back and let's just keep, you know, what's, what's, what, what, what harm could come of the CCP laundering money with the IRGC? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that sounds like a good time. So that was the Biden administration's plan. So then she was released. So then the two Michaels came like released with conditions and, um, now the two Michaels are fighting as uh, one of them, you know, one of them is being accused as like sort of is accusing the other of being an intelligence asset, which is basically hard. Like that's what the CCP propaganda was. And it seems like 
one of the Michaels was like kind of in a position where they weren't part of CSIS, but it was like they were in a position where they would have been interviewed by CSIS because they were doing deals with the Chinese. They were not full diplomatic community, but um, it's someone that these people exist, right? They're of high value to both countries, right? So you have people who it's very important for your security agencies to talk to because they deal with the Chinese government. But the Chinese government is also sussing them out because they know they deal with Canadians. So there's people, you know, exist like this. And it doesn't mean you're spying. I mean, there's always people with valuable information within a country here or there. But they, they turn them into spies. And now I think was Spavers turning on Kovrig or Kovrig's turning on Spavers. One of them is has like the most far left lawyer in the country who's famous for you know, defending, you know, all the terrorists and, and, and involved in, in, in taking certain cases that um, I think normal people would not volunteer for. Um, so you have this problem. Yeah. You have this thing now where, um, yeah, the Michaels are, 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 are fighting. And one of them is basically come back and done CCP propaganda. And um, yeah, that's the state of our country. So, so for for those who basically don't understand, so it all starts with Huawei, right? Huawei and the 5G uh, network, and how China tried to basically supply equipment for 5G infrastructural development across the world, and that's how Huawei tried to enter every single market across the world, and uh, it all starts there. And uh, the one person that you know you spoke about was Meng Wanzhou. Yeah. She was basically the daughter of the, the tech giant's founder, basically Huawei's founder's daughter. And uh, uh, the Americans, so she, I think she was held in Canada. That's what has happened, right? She yeah. was held back in Canada with the suspicion and the allegation that she was spying on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. And well, no, no, she, sanctions busting. She was, it was, okay. it was moving the, the equipment into Iran, which was illegal. Um, because oh, okay. we had, so sanctions busting, it was, it was skirting international sanctions, um, to the Islamic Republic of Iran, which is what she was accused of. All right. So, so she was accused of that and she was held. So there was no moment where she was, uh, extradited to America, right? She was always no. held in Canada. Yeah, in, a, in like a, in a mansion, she got to live in like some mansion, yeah. the CCP operative, and like house arrest for, uh, for a while in like a, you know a a, a place that that uh, that many people would be quite happy to live. So here's what I don't understand. So, uh, I also remember following it at that time. She had like a proper what do you call that thing that you have to put a strap on to track her movements and everything that she could not Angle go person. around all. The ankle bracelet or something of that sort right she, yeah. uh, wasn't that the case she uh, she was always uh, yeah i was in house arrest yeah hmm. so so uh, just for clarification i think it is power who has uh, blamed Kovrig. that's what i think that's the michael yeah okay yeah the one michael I, I think, who has yes Spavers blaming Kovrig. yeah it, yeah it's it's yeah I, I mean i read the article unless you read it like unless the two michaels unless you like read it right before and like I should have probably figured out which one's which, but I always get the two confused in my head. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's like it smells fishy. Like this just smells fishy. With now one of them's going after the other, and like, yeah, maybe you could say okay, they they spent two years in a in a CCP detention camp um, prison. Like that was obviously torture. Um, now 
you know, he wants recompense. But again, this is like a problem with Canada. Like this, 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 this case so clearly undermines national security and security interests. Like there had to be a way for CSIS to fix this in some way that if, if you knew one of them, the two, they were unhappy and this was going like, you, you couldn't let this leak out to the public. I'm not saying like kill him, but I'm, I'm saying like, okay, you, you, this is worth like a million dollars of taxpayer money. Just, okay, here, sign this total confidentiality thing. And here's some money and just go away from because yeah, th this story and this stuff getting out in public is so much more damaging um, than you think, but maybe not because no one in Canada paid attention. No one can Canada outside of like Sam Cooper and like, uh, Terry Glavin, Robert Fife cares about national security within the mainstream media. Like I, I just named the three journalists who would care if like, listen, if the Iranians or the Chinese like literally started landing amphibious boats and bombing um, Nova Scotia to, to create a land uh, thing, it, there, there'd be three journalists in Canada who would take this seriously within the mainstream. Like, and I, and I named them um, like that's that that's the level we're at where you know, we, you know, the, the, you know, we'd, we'd have, you know, the diversity officers from the Toronto Star saying, making sure we don't say anything, you know, in, in, in World War II, they called uh, the Japanese this, and, and in, 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 in the Vietnam War, they called them Charlie, and this is dehumanizing. We must avoid from giving a nickname to the IRGC troops currently landing in, uh, roaming through Saskatchewan, chopping people's heads off. It is important that we do not call them jihadis or 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 any sort of derogatory names. We must call them exactly like that would be our approach here. And, and you see, like this is such a fundamentally unserious country um, because you like here's legit national security concerns, clandestine dealings, like spy stuff, and just Canadians looking. Oh, that's in the news for a day. Like it didn't. Like it, it went away right away. Like there's no follow up to this. Like you think this would be crazy. You think the Canadian media would would be want to get to the bottom of a story like this. But no, that, that that's that's the last thing they want is an interesting story for people to read that has to deal with Canadian national security. No, why why do that when there's um when the, where there's a fifty foot statue somewhere that we can all yell at each other about. So so you know what fascinates me is so these guys. Uh the Canadians hold Meng Wanzhou uh, for the Americans and uh, uh, they do whatever they're supposed to do. It's their thing. And and, and I, I often say this, like Canada is just, uh, before Canadians get mad at me, sometimes it looks like a vassal state of America. I mean, no, no offense. I wish, I wish we were a vassal state of America these days. I, we, yeah, like, I mean, nowadays they are a vassal state of China. So we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, hold your horses, Daniel. We're getting there. <laughs> so uh, it looks like it was a for, former, like, uh, you know, this is like a relationship, which is a very complex relationship. Like, I think Canada is having, uh, uh, Canada is married to America, but is having an extramarital affair with China. That That's the state of uh, Canada right now. They're married to America because 70% of Canadian trade literally happens with the one neighbor that is across the border. I think if I remember correctly, almost 90% of Canada lives in a 500 square kilometer radius of some American border. Uh, the country is basically in and around the United States of America. Um, and to, uh, you know, once my first cousin said, Canada sounds like confused Americans. Uh, 
<laughs> he literally said that they're confused Americans. They have some British roots, and then you know they're basically too influenced by. Uh, but here is very uh, something very interesting. So they had to listen to the husband, so because Canada is the wife in this case, and and uh, uh, you know typical patriarchal mindset. Kushal, why can't they be the husband? No, I just yeah. thought I will annoy Canadians even more. So that's how I am. And, and you know the the thing with Daniel is because he has a comical bone, so he understands what I'm doing, so he won't feel offended. I so, also know that it's a crazy relationship because yes, we're cheating on America with China, but China's also so America's also cheating on us with China. So yeah, it's a very so strange. It's, it's, it's a it's very weird. Up. They're having sex with the same person behind each other's back. The trailer park. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trailer park. Yeah, that's a perfect situation. So so Canada listens to the husband and says, listen, okay, this woman, she she's bad. We, we hold her back. And then the Chinese, it's almost magical. In days of this lady getting held uh, uh, back in Canada, these two Michaels, Kovrik and Svavor, they get arrested immediately, suddenly by the yeah. Chinese Communist Party under these allegations of them being Canadian spies. And and Canada had consistently denied this all the time, right? That they're not spies, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the thing. And so this is why the allegations kind of undermine them, because one's accusing the other of being a spy, when it looks like he wasn't a spy, but he might have been, you know, some sort of, you know, asset. Well, like he might have been interviewed by the RC because he had dealings with the Chinese. He would have been interviewed by CSIS and like doesn't make him a spy. You can, is he spying? Is he an asset of spies? But again, all countries have these people. And I mean, any reasonable person, and even the Chinese themselves would admit, I mean, you talk to any honest Chinese person domestically, um, yeah, it's a two for one. Yeah, you, the, the way the Chinese see it is you took one of theirs, Meng Wanzhou, who's a high ranking Chinese member, so they take two of yours, right? This is like deterrence. Like, this is what, you know, what about proportionality? The Chinese weren't proportional. The Canadians took one. The Chinese took two. Like, again, the world doesn't care about proportionality um, in any other context um, here. So, yeah, it, it was pretty clear that this was a sort of hostage taking that was illegitimate. And that, that was always our position. So you now have uh, my covert, I think, uh, is now undermining the Canadian position. And him and, you know, his lawyer who loves to defend terrorists and undermine Canada's national security positions with his um, crusades, um, they're on another one to to undermine Canada. Like, th this could be very damaging um, to Canada. It could be a huge propaganda win for the CCP. Um, and you kind of read, um, you know, Koverg's, um ideology and, and kind of like a lefty line, it's like, yeah, he was a gullible lefty. Like he was a gullible lefty, and this is a you know Obama two thousand nine mindset guy that you know bad things happen in the world because the British Empire um, was mean, and that's why the CCP is going out. And I am one of the good whites, and I will pr project my um, kindness into the world, and that will solve it. Um, and and all um, you know all bad things are the result of blah 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 blah. See, you see, he's one of those people with. Um, this mentality and now he's like again like you don't know like how swayed are these people by ccp um uh, propaganda like they were exposed to some uh, presumably mental torture in china and we do know that ccp has influence in canada they have police stations here in our country like 
So is it so crazy that they would put their finger on the scale to to uh, get someone to take on this case? No. Does it mean the lawyer has direct access to the CCP? Probably not. But he's also a lefty, right? So he by by sympathies, like you can, he's probably sympathetic to groups that are connected, and you don't have to like pay him. But he's quite it's quite easy to influence people with weak minds who think themselves uh, messiahs, right? So. You know, oh, you know, by doing this, I, I'm sh I'm sure this guy's under the impression impression that he can solve Canada. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the lawyer here is thinking, I can solve Canada-China relations. And the reason why our relationship with the CCP is so bad right now is because, um, you know, the British, the Opium Wars, or whatever, or 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 something, whatever China's pretend grievance is. And by me showing that we're really a rule of law and we're honest brokers. And when the Chinese are right, we, or even when they're not right, we give them their fair share, they will come to love us. And there's 44 billion examples in the last hundred years of that blowing up in someone's face and completely backfiring and, and never panning out. Um, but this will be, this will be example number 44 billion, 104. Like it, it, it's, I wouldn't be surprised that's mentality. Uh, I'm sure that is the mentality among some of the people involved in this case is we're going to, improve our relationship uh relationship to the chinese by undermining canada and showing them that we are um honest and noble people and instead of that being taken as oh look at the canadians they're really honest and and fair-minded we should no it's gonna be like oh they're weak let's take their country that that's gonna be the thing it's like they're weak they're prime for our influence let's let's tighten the grip that will be that will be how the, the ccp interpret this but can never teach an old lefty new tricks so, you know, what is very fascinating in this entire episode, there is a left-wing woke on steroids government currently by uh, run by the chief wokester of world politics. You know, I mean, it is... A stinder trudender? Yeah, I mean, the man corrected someone when the word mankind was used. He said we should say people kind. People that kind. is... That is like peak wokeness, like from mankind to people kind. If if a, if a person starts doing that, that is the woke prime minister of this world. Like he is when you have a woke leader. He is what you get. And that was like early Trudeau too. That was like 2017, 2018. Like that was that was like before the big backlash. Like people yeah. kind of old Trudeau quote. Like people people kind so old that it didn't even come up in the last election cycle because we've already beat that one to death. But I yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember saying something. I remember there's one time they they one liberal MP got up and he couldn't. He was trying to talk about the fisheries, and he couldn't say fishermen. He just kept being fisher folk. Fisher folk. <laughs> fisher folk. <laughs> but, all, but so you know, I support all the fisher folk and people kind. That's... Yeah. So hear me out for this one. So you have a woke government. The lawyer. Okay. I did my digging on the lawyer through my own sources. The lawyer's pretty woke. Why? I mean, I am not able to understand why would woke ABC screw over the position of woke XYZ? I don't understand that from a political perspective. Like, why are they doing this? Like, is China way more important than the woke prime minister? Yeah, it is. Um, I would say, the, like, I, this is where I think the the woke idea is not just like the woke idea inherently believes that like your government and, and national systems are bad. So, like, yeah, 
you would support Omar Khadr, uh, a terrorist, over the Canadian government because you have a friendly woke government, and part of Trudeau's woke government is they undermine the government, right? They give away ten point five billion dollars to Omar Khadr instead of fighting the case in court. They like we didn't lose the Omar Khadr case, really. We settled it. We just gave him ten million dollars, um, and and didn't really fight it like like we should have. Um, you have so yeah, it, it kind of makes sense that. Um, it, because he's not really undermining Trudeau by this, because no one who in no one's really thinking between voting liberal or NDP cares about Chinese interference. Like we we've seen that. Like it's it's worse. Like you know Trudeau and Jagmeet Singh have both sold out to the CCP. There's just an element of Westerners that don't care about their culture or national security or or any of the things that that, that they need to for the country to survive long term. So. Is it? It doesn't surprise me that a woke lawyer would go after the Canadian government because he's trying to support the CCP or or the communism or, or like again, I I wouldn't be surprised if his woke mindset is I'm gonna fix the relationship between uh, the Communist Party of China and the world by um, enabling their bad behavior, um, and it's not gonna work. But again, I I think the thought of the woke mindset is like if we just tear it down, the country will only get more and more woke. Like. I'm sure the woke lawyer thinks that Justin Trudeau is actually pretty centrist and the the liberals actually play too much to conservatives and Canadian mainstream media is very conservative because the National Post uh, wrote an article saying why jihad is actually bad uh, three weeks ago and until we have uh, them correct that to, to, to the opposite, um, then Canada is a fascist far right, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, part of the wokeness is, is the disdain for you know, the, the classical institutions. So it, it makes sense to me anyway. Yeah. To, just to give people a little bit of context. So Spavor was the guy who had a tourism business in China, basically. Uh, and he was looking at uh, the North Korean market too. That's what he was doing when he was there in China. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he apparently has jet skied and, uh, this is as per the National Post and shared cocktails with King Jong-un. Uh, this is uh, Kovrig. He worked for something called the Global Affairs Canada in a diplomatic capacity where he contributed to the Global Security Reporting Program, which is now going to be called GSRP. Then he took a leave of absence in 2017 to work at the International Crisis Group, an independent, non-governmental global think tank. We all know why these things are done. And I mean, before somebody says, oh, you think Indians don't do it? I never said Indians don't do it. So please, uh, I mean, I, I've seen too much. Yeah, in life to this be... is how the game is played. This is how it is played. So before somebody says, I, I, I totally get it. So according to the 2022 parliamentary report, the GSRP is, quote, a specialized diplomatic reporting program whose purpose is to collect information on security and stability in select countries abroad using overt diplomatic means the program involves no secrecy and its officers, quote, do not recruit sources or offer money, services or promises in exchange for information. The GSRP instead directs diplomats to interview local contacts, quote, including government officials, journalists, academics and activists, and then use these interviews to write reports containing information on, quote, intelligence priorities or requirements not covered by members of the security and intelligence community. So, I mean... I'm reading, this was so obvious, like, so how are the Canadians going to convince the world that 
they were not spying on the Chinese is my question. Look, uh, uh, full disclosure, I am always going to be sympathetic to Canada for the record mm. in this. I mean, and before somebody says, oh, how dare you, Kushal? Yeah, I'm not team China. I'm sorry. I'm always team Canada. Just for the record. Yeah. I mean, the answer is, of course, we are spying on China. If we're not spying on the Chinese, then everyone in the government needs to be deported to China or North Korea, right? But the Chinese are also spying on us, right? This is the, this is the adult thing. So, like, if you're one of those, if you're like, oh, look, then Canada was spying on China. And then you're one of the commies who's like, this justifies it. It's like, grow up. So countries work. Every country is spying on every other country at some level. Right. The, the the sort of the thing here is, OK, what is acceptable? So here they were doing. Yeah. So Spaver is like the closest thing to a spy that isn't a spy. Right. He's he's working at NGO, coalescing sort of and gathering information on 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 China um, to go there. Like, yeah, these people exist as close as you can get. They're doing it openly. These aren't actual um, spies. Uh, now you can kick these people out of your country if you want and then turn it all co covert. Um, but again, this is sort of like the, the violation of sort of international norms where if this is the level of spying, right, then Canada could easily detain thousands of Chinese nationals um, and throw them in jail, right? So it, it, it's sort of like how, you know, where do we want the line to be? Because if this is the line where, where Spaver or Kovrig are, um, then you know, tens of thousands of arrests are going to start to be made all over the world, throwing everyone from sort of a global think tank, NGO, geopolitical strategy thing, anyone who, who you know, there's, and there's academics in, you know, writing essays on, you know, Kazakhstan and how it works, because it's a whatever. And if these people are spies, because they're going to a country and observing and making notes, um, you know, we're going to have a very, 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 um, painful game to play uh, across the world. So it's sort of incumbent on everyone to sort of go to like, okay, legit spies are, you know, people like within your institutions, like actually gathering information in a clandestine way. And then, you know, putting that towards different governments in top secret ways. Like that, that's where um, the line should be to, uh, to start arresting foreign nationals. But, um, you know, China, saw that Justin Trudeau was weak and they could kidnap two Canadians and get away with it. And, you know, everything's coming up China uh, on this one. They were right. The Canadians didn't have any personal will um, to stick by the Meng Wanzhou thing. You know, Justin Trudeau would love to support Iran in China. He can't because, you know, um, you know, the Conservative Party under Stephen Harper actually had some foreign policies put in there and they couldn't tear it all down even though they wanted to. Um, yeah, well, what, what, why would, Trudeau ever want to stop Iran or China from, you know, actively undermining Canada? This is they they all kind of agree on that one, um, and you, then you had you know once the Trump administration was gone, they were right. You know the Biden the Democrats are also fully in bed with the Chinese and the Iranians, so they are like yeah, just give her back so we can yeah we want to we want to start um, making giving billions of dollars to Iran again. And what are the consequences of that? What could possibly go wrong? Well, there you go. You got a war in Israel and Palestine, which is one which one hundred percent caused by Biden's policies towards Iran. I mean, and then you had American bases getting attacked, and then they wouldn't uh, go back. So now what's happening? Well, now the Houthis have shut down shipping in the in the Red Sea and are threatening it there because again, 
the the the, the plan from the Democrats and Biden and, and these things is just appease the Islamic Republic of Britain, appease everyone who hates you to the max and maybe they'll love you. And no, it only makes them worse. It makes them more aggressive. And that's why you've lost control of uh, shipping in the Red Sea, that the U.S. Navy is going to have to start, you know, firing off ammunition at the Houthis to, to keep the straits clear, to keep shipping open. And, you know, the this type of naivety has consequences. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, you don't see the consequences the next day all the time, but this is three years of bad Iran policy after four years of good policy, you know, and you have a, a, a massive war um, in, in, in Gaza that could spill into Lebanon because of, because of this. And yep. It's no one in the American foreign policy department uh, listens to our podcast, unfortunately. It's, it's... Yeah. And, and the weird thing is that all of this is coming out after five years and it's a major embarrassment for Canada, but this is what shocked me. Like, what has become of an average Canadian and their standards? Because I'm reading literally a direct quote from the Toronto Sun now. And according to the report, based on sources granted anonymity by the Globe, Michael Spavor is seeking a multi-million dollar settlement from the federal government for his incarceration by China for 1,020 days from December 2018 until both men were freed in September 2021. The Globe reported that Spavor, who is fluent in Korean and is one of only a few Westerners who has met North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, alleges he was arrested because he unwittingly uh, provided intelligence on North Korea to Canada and its five eyes intelligence. So now what Spavor is saying is that Kovrig, he actually conned Spavor. Spavor never intended to do this. He was just there for fun. It's Kovrig. Look, the reality is that this guy wants money, so he basically ratted his own country out. Yeah, listen, I don't trust anyone who is on the short list to meet and trusted enough to meet the North Korean dictator. Like again, this is this is this is what happened, people. It's like, so he wanted to what run a tourism business through North Korea. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. If if North Korea, if Kim Jong Un trusts you, I don't trust you. Like that's that's pretty there and like yeah i guess you gotta ask questions in north korea and people are interested but that's not why you're arrested that's you were arrested because ming was and that's how the ccp works right he he stuck his head in the crocodile's mouth and it and it and it latched down on him and he wants to sue the zoo uh this is this is how i see it and yeah like yeah you went to north korea and people ask you questions and you know i didn't want to spy in north korea i wanted to be friends with north korea i wanted to help north lefty deluded lefty at, at best at, at best he's a deluded lefty woke idiot and at worst you know he's a man with a bit of a self-interest and sociopathy who's gonna you know make a profit off of the suffering of others and he has the ability it, like you know he if you're making deals with north korea you probably have the ability to watch people get tortured and and abused and and turn your head i that that's if, if you're one of the if you're on the short list to meet the North Korean dictator, you have a you have a strong ability to watch human suffering and turn turn the other cheek. Um, so, again, yeah, it's not like this is some peacenik, um, lovey-dovey guy that 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 oh, we must be sorry for. Like again, this this adds to a a, a profile that someone could build of 
hey, this guy's just looking to cash in this, you know, he didn't really care. Like now he just wants millions of dollars for going through this. Right. This is his. Yeah, he just wants and he's willing to undermine the country to do it. I mean, that's what you, you see from there. So, again, this is what a Canadian, what a Canadian, what a wonderful Canadian problem to have these days. Just, you know, we're caught between our government and someone even crazier. You basically heard the sentiments of Dennis Rodman. Right now. <laughs> you know, he used to party with King Jong-un. Yeah, right? yeah, that that man, he he partied with the one guy. <laughs> the whole world doesn't want to party with Dennis Rodman. was like, hold my beer. I'm going to go and party with that guy. But see, what I don't understand is, see, I, I, I understand the Canadian perspective because I stay there for a few months every year now. But I still primarily think like an Indian, right? I still think like an Indian. And and now maybe before we get into the whole temple kerfuffle, like from an Indian perspective, when I look at how Canada is behaving in this case, like who should be Canada's natural ally? It should be India. Why? It's a democracy. Two, it has a better value system than communist China. It literally does have a better value system than yeah. communist China. Three. Three English. Uh, English. Everything, it just makes more sense for the Canadians to have better relations with India. But the Canadians actively harbor potential terrorists that could or harm India. terrorists, yeah. Oh, or, or, or could harm Canada in their country, and then they chide India. What was the line Trudeau used just recently? We told India because we wanted them to take a chill. I don't even know what kind of language that is from a prime minister. Like, I think we've all lost our bearings. Now the prime minister is telling people to take a chill. Okay, that's the Canadian prime minister now. But, and here you look at the behavior because, you know, I scanned Trudeau's statements for the last five years on China. The condescension to India and the sucking up to China. How do you make sense of this? Well, again, obviously they're not listening to to me. That that's that's clear in the Canadian Foreign Service Policy Department. But you gotta the only way to make sense of it is it's like you gotta look at the last couple decades of ideological in, in infiltration of our system. So you know, you've had these sort of anti-Western. I like listen. I I've always said the anti-Western ideals were laundered into the universities through the guise of anti-Zionism, right? The Zionism is racism stuff, and the Middle East countries and and Iran and Qatar and Saudi Arabia at the beginning, like funding Middle Eastern studies, which outgrowth and metastasized to other studies. You know, it was always in bed with the critical theorists. So you've got critical race theory, the Derrida's, and and, and all that. So you have this confluence of people who you have to look at it like why a lot of Indi a lot of Indians have this crazy, crazy thought and this wild conspiracy um, that Canada's a rational actor and is acting in its own self-interest. Like and, and, and I think this is driving a lot of them a bit nuts is they're like they think that the Canadian government is acting in the interest of Canada which is an insane thought. And I have no idea how they came to this conclusion. But you see that why are they going after India? Because being allies with India and not harboring terrorists would be in their self-interest. So 
there's there's this thought that Canada must be doing something in its self-interest somewhere. <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, they, they're in bed with China because China is the victim of racism and imperialism. And this same idea that metastasized the anti-Zionism stuff, the stuff that you need to choose, that's now been applied to Hindus since the Modi times. So there's this whole system of masochistic lefties uh, within the establishment um, that have learned, you know, again, that are stuck in 2009 and Obama's head in 2009 in Cairo. Um, no matter how many times that Cairo speech has been disproven by reality, it is it has never been removed from the hearts of the modern leftists. So, yeah, I mean, of course, we should be more friendly with India, who shares our values and isn't a, you know, internal geopolitical threat. And like, again, like one of the problems India has is India just doesn't understand the North American conversation nearly as well as the, the Chinese or even the North Koreans do. Like the Chinese bought farms, the North Korean bought farms, the, you know, Iranian bought farms, like they know what buttons to push. They know where to fan the flames in, in, in domestically. Like Putin knows what to say about trans people to drive the most amount of people insane per capita. Like they do this. Whereas India has spent no time like, trying to do international goodwill um, campaigning and golf propaganda, whatever it is. There's we, no... we spent time talking about Patrick Brown. <laughs> Patrick Brown, which wins me over, right? The more the more anti-Patrick Brown rhetoric there is, the you know, you get Daniel, but you don't get the rest of the world. I mean, I'm I'm here just for the people who hate Patrick Brown. Um so yeah, like that's the thing. We're like I, I think people in India are like why is the West doing this? Like, they must be doing something in their own self-interest, like screwing India over, stealing from us. Like, no, we're idiots. We're, like, we're, we're, we we have corrupt failing institutions where you have Canadian, like, again, we're a post-national state, according to Justin Trudeau. He's, you know, he gives $10.5 million to terrorists. You know, he he kneels to BLM. He, he, he doesn't, you know, he, but he enables the Hamas people. All of this is bad for Canada, but we keep doing it. Um, and that's the problem. Like, it's the people within the establishment ins institutions who have turned nihilistic or masochistic or whatever you want to call it. Um, I say, you know, culturally masochistic and, and, are, and are sort of working to undermine our own democracy. Um, and, you know, part of that is, you know, the, the anti, um, you know, the, again, everyone's a Trump. So Modi, what is he? He's India's Trump. We in Malay, Argentinian Trump. Oh, we had Brazilian Trump. You have Hungarian Trump. You have the uh, Trump. This uh, Pierre Polyev, he's the Canadian Trump. So you have, you have this mentality, and that's the mentality dominating a lot of the people uh, who are making decisions. So this, this again, this this wild conspiracy theory that many Indians hold that there's people in the West acting in their own self interest is. <laughs> Is, is wrong. <laughs> so basically what has happened is that I'm trying to understand you better and I don't want to uh, misquote you. So there is a, a certain ideological investment that was done by different people through the, uh, the universities where Qatar, I think, has an 8.6 billion approximate investment in American and American universities, I don't know their investment in Canadian universities, but um, then uh, you have uh, 
the Chinese uh, having an active investment in 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 American and Canadian universities um, to influence certain people over there. And China obviously has um, uh, TikTok. That that is yeah. also very interesting. Uh, the Chinese investment in in you know basically short circuiting the entire population of those two countries. Uh, although I think the fear mongering is a little overblown, I don't really see the data for that. And this has led to uh, certain policy decisions in in that part of the world that has basically now led to that whosoever gives us money, we don't care. And uh, a reason of that is when you saw the recent Senate hearing of the three. Ivy League presidents uh, in in the United States of America. One, I, I remember two universities. One was Harvard. One was Penn. I don't MIT, remember the yeah. third. MIT. Okay, all three of them saying absurd things. From what I understand, uh, the Harvard president is also a serial plagiarist, uh, allegedly, as per media reports. And Chris Rufo has done a lot of work. And uh, the Penn uh, president has already resigned. Uh, the Harvard one is not resigning as of now. And all these things lead to these absurd things. So the only rational answer in my brain is that the Chinese have more money than the Indians. So basically, they're siding with the Chinese. because so at, at the end of the day, the Chinese are also are more belligerent. The Chinese will use their money and will run foreign disinformation campaigns. The Indians will not. And like you see, like the Chinese and, and the Chinese, the Iranians, like, these other people for decades have been pushing foreign propaganda. They have bot farms. They have internet Twitter users who are pushing the narrative of China out there. Like, you know, the 50 cent army, um, the Chinese, the CCP cyber army that they have. And they will push actively and try and corrupt people with institutions. This, like, this is why Pakistan, you know, kind of does better sometimes, you could argue, than India diplomatically. Mm. Because Pakistan will spend its money, not on like India, like the problem with India can in America is like we spend our money internally and we don't, you know, really do coordinated like we don't really care. Like, oh, what does the people in Brazil think about us? Like we don't care until it matters. Um, whereas the the nations like China, India, Iran, Pakistan, Qatar, they care before it matters. They're they are doing foreign like Al Jazeera is like the most successful foreign um, intelligence operation, you know, I've ever seen, right? Like Al Jazeera should be banned. Like, uh, oh, journalism and free speech, and I'm like this ban Al Jazeera. But you can't have it. Like it's, it's, um, it's a propaganda wing of the Muslim Brotherhood. Its goal is to destroy Western civilization. The, the, oh, there's no journalists at Al Jazeera. Yeah, maybe so, the the good journalists at Al Jazeera English will will land on their feet and find something somewhere else. But there's too many terrorists involved there. Um, you know, AJ Plus is a destabilizing agent uh, to, to corrupt the youth, and you know, as you see, like they're they're fully in bed with Hamas. They're they're doing the job. Like they were close with Osama bin Laden too. Like get rid of get rid of Al Jazeera. Um, but you know, you have you know that we kind of shut down R Russian today, but we're not Al Jazeera. Like we have the evil countries of the world spend money on foreign propaganda, like the anti-Israel crowd has spent billions in the West on information war, propaganda war. The Israelis spend no money in in our institutions, you know, trying to fix Middle Eastern studies and have it be remotely connected to reality. Like, I know the Israelis. They're, they, they're like, oh, these North American Jews, they're a bunch of pussies. We'll take their money. But 
if we can't fight all their battles for them because it'd just be too much. So, um, whatever. And, you know, I think it's a bit is short-sighted for the Israelis to not care what the world thinks about them at all and not play this foreign propaganda game and not support, you know, the, you know, the people trying to, you know, tell the truth about, you know, Middle East history. Um, and you've seen it now where you created this world where, you know, 50 percent of 18 to 24 year olds think that Israel should be destroyed and given to Hamas or, or, or these crazy numbers you see from the youth. And like that will eventually have consequences like you you like you need your allied countries to remain your allied countries. You, you the allied countries become enemy countries and it undermines your national security. So like eventually these chickens come home to roost. Like there's a lot of lessons for India to learn. Um, from Israel and and the mistakes they've made, um, Pakistan spending billions of dollars internationally trying to destroy your image through either the government or ISI proxies or you know Hezbollah Mujahideen or or um, Jamaat Islami proxies ISNA ICNA like you have all these institutions that are funded to the tune of billions of dollars globally with the intent to undermine and destroy India and there's no counter-propaganda program. There's none. And that's a problem. And I, I, I mean, I criticized India before. Like, you see India, like, they don't know how to talk to the West. And it's, like, they're talking about it. As I said, like, this this stuff on free speech, the Indians are going up. Like, you're, you're one of the best at, at this, but, like, the, the rhetoric of free speech has gone too far in Canada. Why are you allowed to blow up airplanes? Like, that's not free speech. That's not free speech. Like, that's terrorist. Those are terrorist threats. And when you, like, FYI to Indians, when you go to Canadians or Americans and you start complaining about free speech, you sound like a lefty to us. Like it's right. And one of the problems, that, listen, the people you're complaining about, Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau and the lefties, they're censorious. And one of the big things against them is the people who hate them think they're curt curtailing free speech. Now, I understand that Justin Trudeau did the gaslighting thing and did the whole free speech dance, you know, back in the G20 thing. But again, like I'm just saying from a tactical standpoint, you start saying free speech has gone too far. You you say to people, oh, Biden and Trudeau are actually strong on free speech. And that actually boosts them, um, you know, domestically. Like you, you if you want to like you actually have to understand the conversations inside different countries to, you know, push your narrative. And like, again, this is what you see with the Indians just. We don't understand India. India doesn't understand us. We should be friends, but we're talking past each other. Whereas the Chinese understand us. They've spent billions, hundreds, X amount of money correlating data. They have TikTok. They have metadata, whatever it is. And they know what to say to they enable the lunatic socialists within our countries. Like they know what to say to anger right wingers or fire up left wingers. They know how to mimic or, or pattern on to our different conversations. They know uh, to like to use the racism thing to to bring up George Floyd to say this is that. Like they, you can see, the Chinese know how to how to destabilize um, you know good relations between left and right in America. And you know, uh, you, you, then you see how how you know India enters the chat to to America, and, and they like they they can't get a message across. Yeah, the Indians, I don't know how to say this. Indians on average um, do not understand free speech at a conceptual level. Um, 
I get abused in India by Indians all the time because uh, I'm one of the few 20 Indians on Twitter who mm. constantly talks about the lack of freedom of expression in India. Uh, for the record, again, now, now I'll rile the Indians up. India has even less free speech than Canada. I just want yeah. to state it on the record over here. Before the Indians, I, I, I find it so funny. Every time the Indians... So recently, Rupa Subramania went on that Senate hearing and she was talking about Canada and all the Indians were like, see, look at Canada. And I was like, on what ground are you saying this sitting in India? I mean, yeah, you I have mean, worse laws than that in India. What are you guys talking about? You have blasphemy laws. You have little, yeah, little mean, blasphemy laws. Um, yeah, just get a grip on you, what, what what you're outraging about. Don't preach to Canada. At the same time, the Canadians should not preach about diversity and uh, acceptance to Indians. I think uh, the Canadians should We also should shouldn't up. be preaching about free speech. Like, again, like, Trudeau is overly censorious. Like, and this is in America. Like, yeah, listen, I'm one of the Canadians who wants to get to a more American uh, style free speech, like a way more protected in that. But yeah, I mean, India has literal blasphemy laws, which might be a good segue because it, it might be... Um... Yeah, so, so can I can I show a video of... Uh... Yeah, go for it. <laughs> this, is, this is what uh, the Canadian right wing... I don't know how else to say this. This is what the Canadian right wing has lost its shit over. Literally this. By the way, last year, Dan, when I was there, I did visit this temple. I, I actually went to the temple and I and I had a great time at the temple for the record. I, I really enjoyed this temple. So so I'm just going to put up the whole screen and I'm going to play this video. So this is, uh, guys, this is the Hindu Sabha Mandir, the Hindu Sabha Temple in Brampton, Ontario. And <laughs> this is what the people are objecting about. So there's the temple. Uman Murti, Murti icon, idol, whatever you want to call it. And it's a beautiful temple. So to everybody, even if you're not a Hindu, if you are in Brampton, Ontario, go for a visit to this temple. It's a wonderful temple. They serve food all day long. There's a beautiful cafeteria below. You can eat there. So this is what a certain section of the Canadian right. This is what they lost their bearings over. Yeah, this. more the alt right there. I mean, a certain section. So listen, I'm I I I I I will say this: Is there anything wrong with a statue going up in Canada? No, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Um, uh, and private property rights. And private which, property. Uh, like, I listen, mean, I, I thought Canadians would get it, conservatives especially. A Canadian conservative, like every yeah, every Canadian conservative, I mean, you see, like, this is another problem. I mean, I I, I know the I, I the, the people from outraged are not really the conservative party. It's more the lunatics in the PPC who've lost their mind. And oh, yeah, we, we, we've had this problem. So, okay. One. So, uh, just for the benefit of Indians, can you tell who Maxime Bernier and the PPC is? So Maxime Bernier was like a guy who was libertarian and he lost the conservative leadership race to be the federal leader. And he was kind of screwed over. He should have won. He was the most popular guy. Like I had supported him back in 2017. Um, Andrew Scheer ended up winning. And then because he had some disagreements, let's say economically with the conservative party on supply management, a, you know, a good libertarian stand, uh, they kicked him out of the party. He then created his own new party to be like the true right-wing party, the PPC. Um, but the PPC, he hasn't written a constitution. He hasn't made a formal party. It's, it's, there's no democracy within the party. It's the Maxine Bernier show. 
So Maxime Bernier essentially created a money laundering, not a money laundering, a he it's 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 like a traveling roadshow, the PPC, right? Maxime Bernier runs around the country making the same speech over and over and over again um, in bad English because he speak with a heavy French accent, so he cannot even give good speech in Manitoba. Um, but he's going around doing this whole shtick, and he's been doing this for years. Um, and slowly, Maxime Bernier has lost his principles, and he now, now Maxime Bernier just says things that the right wants to hear, like the internet right. So he was Foreign Affairs Minister of Canada under Harper um, when Harper said to uh putin like i'll shake your hand but you have to get out of the ukraine and it was like noted as like the the most you know hardcore anti-putin western leader bernier was foreign affairs now he's he did the whole you know uh we need peace by giving it like right away he did the pro-russian propaganda because there were people on the political right who wanted to hear like he now panders to that fringe for money and like you know the christianity so that's the new thing with the the ppc is is Maxime Bernier is now a populist went from a a sort of a libertarian conservative to a populist without principle and that's mm -hmm. the, the main thing in the PPC and there's a lot of people listen I voted for the PPC in the last election over Aaron O'Toole because I thought Aaron O'Toole, like listen Aaron O'Toole was in bed with all the same people Trudeau was Aaron O'Toole was just going to literally be blue Trudeau so I, I used my protest vote there um, but the conservative party's sort of woken up is now a real political party and and the PPC is not a real political party. Like, yes, they can file tax returns and this and that, and they run candidates, but there's no constitution. Maxine, I, when I interviewed, when Wyatt and I interviewed Maxine Bernier a couple of years ago, we were like, oh, when's the constitution coming? It's like, oh, it's coming. And it, it did not come. Um, so, yeah, you have this PPC, which is now just this sort of populist fifth party, no chance of winning anything. Maxine Bernier never really invests in a riding. The way Canadian politics works, you have to invest in ridings um, to win. There's there's no plans to win any seats. It's it's now just a a, a national grift. Um, and a lot of the PPC people, and this is another problem I've had, sort of background that I that I've since you know 2015 2016 this sort of internet dark web you know fake news Trump era. There has been a problem with. Um, the right in the sense that a lot of people defected from the left and became anti-left and we didn't ever really integrate them into conservatism like it, a lot of people sort of left the left and started making dank memes and dunking on the commies and we kind of said yeah that's good they're on our side now and I think that was a bit short-sighted um you know, you see a lot of these people, you know, they end up in the PPC, they end up going, you know, far down there, but then they sort of end up acting like lefties now on the right. There's no principle. So, like, again, like you have these PPC, you know, alt-right people in Canada who are, you know, you saw the the, the, the the crazy one, the Joe Blow guy. This is a 50-foot statue and there's a proof that we need to end all immigration now. And you're like, no, that's not what that shows. Um, but you, you have these people who are like, again, there's no principles. Like if we have principles, free speech, religious freedom, private property, can like statue. So I will defend the statue from a, that point of view. Um, listen, I'm not the most artistic guy. So my opinion on art doesn't matter. 
listen, I've been to the Art Gallery of Ontario and Modern Art. This is better than every instance of Modern Art. Like, that's all I can say. It's better than, like, the, I have the pictures on my phone of just... I, have an, I went to the Art Gallery and I have a collection on my phone of pictures of I can do that, um, which is, like, half the Art Gallery. This is better than that artistically. So that's the only thing. But you cannot put up a 50-foot-tall statue and expect no one to talk about it. That's my general. Like... This story, like from a com comedian's perspective, like this is funny. I'm like, sorry, I don't care about blasphemy. Like I support your right. But it is really funny in Brampton that there's a 50 foot tall, what people are going to call like the monkey god statue. Listen, I support it, but it's, it's just funny because like as a comedian, I know people are going to start arguing over it and like people are going to make jokes and people are this. And I'm like, listen, I'm down for it because I've been supporting the Hindu community getting more bold and out there, which I support. And part of that is when you make a 50-foot tall statue, even if it's on private property, you got to defend it. Like, people are going to talk about it. And, you know, when it comes to sort of blasphemy and religious things, like, there's a scale of sort of how religions react to stuff like this. There's the Mormons to Muslims scale, Okay. If someone were to, you know, make fun of uh, some sort of Islamic thing, boom, everyone dies. Bad. That's one end of the scale. The other end of the scale is the Mormons. When the South Park guys made the Book of Mormon, had a whole Broadway show making fun of the most sacred tenets of Mormonism, and they took out advertisements in the thing saying, if you saw this Book of Mormon, if you like this, how about reading the original? And used it as a sort of, you got us, guys, good joke, but if, you, if you're more curious about Mormonism come here. So I see this as sort of an opportunity for the Indian community to sort of take one with grace and say, listen, I'll, I'll fight when it's legitimately like alt-right lunatics coming after you. I'll defend. But if it's comedians making a joke, right, saying, you know, making monkey jokes or this or that, um, this is sort of like, you know, you're in the shallow end right now. Like, you know, like, I'm not going to hold your hand. Like, it's you learn to swim, learn to deal with this. Like it's going to happen. Right. What Rupert did explain, you know, like explain the lore behind it. Like use this as an opportunity to be like, thank you. Oh, this is actually what this is. And people go, oh, right. Because you have to have some understanding because not like people like we, this isn't to end all immigration. This isn't tear it down like I, I, I don't worship I think but it's a 50 foot tall people are allowed not to like it right people are just allowed not to like it and when you go into like you also have to understand like Judeo-Christian uh, religion a lot of the stories are you know about smashing idols right and oh this foreign people came to our land they put up a giant idol and then we were oppressed and then we threw off the oppression and knocked down the idol like that that's a very Jewish or Christian biblical story. So you have this inbuilt in the society where people are going to inherently see a giant idol to a foreign god as antagonistic. And it's their right to see. And listen, I think, you know, we have to parse out, like, there's a there's a vastly different, there's a vast difference between um, a Hindu religious assertion and an Islamic one. Like, like the, the, the Islamic cult of prayer Right, which they do now in Canada, um, I see that as as culturally destructive. 
way more than I see the Hindu statue. And people will go, oh, you're Daniel's Islamophobic. And why is one okay and one's not? Well, because of the religious ide ideology driving both of them, right? Hinduism is completely compatible with Western civilization as it, you know, you know, Hinduism accepts atheists and Hinduism, you can even accept other religions as, as a potential pathway. There's no, there's no conquering, ideological conquering or religious conquering or conversion um, behind any of this. Um, whereas people might, you know, impose their own ideas on this and say, this is a display of strength and dominance, right? Understanding Hinduism is, it's actually not like that. Whereas that's what, Islamic um, demonstrations are like that's why uh, you know why do Muslims pray in public in non-Muslim lands? The 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 Quran and and Muhammad say is to strike fear in the hearts of the infidel and to show your strength. Like that's how they contextualize. So it's 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 different things and yeah and, and we to, yeah we have to have a we get to, you listen. You cannot put up a fifty foot tall statue and expect no one to talk about it. That that's the rule. Like I'll support it. You have the right to do it, but people have the right to notice and you got to deal with it. And for me, a lot of this is the shallow end, right? So when people say, I don't like this, it's an eyesore. Um, yeah, you know, deal with that. When people go, end all immigration, this is, uh, these people are both, then, okay, I'll, then, then, then you need some allies um, in the thing. And, and I think the other thing to point out here is there is a legitimate, meta criticism of Canada that is not the fault of the Hindu community. I know we put up the statue, but there is a lot of truth to the statement that we live in a two-tiered society. There's one rule for um let's say the multiculturalist and there's one rule for for you know everyone else. And um that's pervasive. Like okay, but Hindus are white adjacent. I just want to come uh, Hindus are white adjacent and but conveniently, they can be used as it, it, it's it's other. I mean, you you get what I mean. Like with the statues of Sir John A. Macdonald not being you know being taken down, and everything with you know, are we have a government sort of dead set on tearing down Canadian history at the same time you put up the statues. Again, it's not the fault of the people putting up the statue, but again, you got to. And again, I'm not but, saying. But did the Hindu community support the tearing down of the Macdonald statue? No. no. No, so but I'm just, I'm, I'm, listen, the I'm McDonald not... argument, I, and I know Ben gave that argument to Rupa. I think that was a that was a silly argument. What has one got to do the the other? It, I, I actually do think it's it's not as silly as people say. Like it is silly to link them. I see they're unlinked, but they're yeah. Is... But you're mad about the McDonald statue. Why why are you taking out on one community that actually could support you? It's 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 strategically it, it, exactly. Stupid. It's counterproductive. I, I I'm just saying that there is a thread in Canada, and. It's, it's it's no one's real like fault here. It's but it's just like one of the underlying factors. Like one of one of the elements on the stove going off here is there is a perception and a, a valid perception that, that that we live in a two tiered system. And you see that on other things, right? In Canada, we just had a place where a Hamas supporter threatened to kill a police officer. I'm going to put you six feet under. Six feet under. I'm going to put you six feet under. Kept repeating a death threat on camera on video. Nothing is happening to him, right? But the truckers are arrested. So we 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 are living in a time where Everyone's sort of hypersensitive to um, this thing. And I, I don't, listen, I'm saying it's it's wrong to apply it here. And then you have the same people saying, oh, look, there's a statue in Brampton. Now they're singing the national anthem in Punjabi. And you're like, well, those are Sikhs, those are Hindus. Like, it's, it's right. But 
people have this... We'll get to that too. We'll get to that too. We'll get to that too. Yeah, that's another... So, again, like, I'm... I'm saying the most that was so stupid. Like, I mean, I, I thought the temple thing was stupid and then I saw the national <laughs> anthem thing. Yeah, I know. We're, we're fundamentally in serious country. Like, you're right. The I think the best case here, like, my, my ultimate hope is the Hindu community sort of takes this one with a bit of grace and laughs when they can laugh stands up for themselves when they need to stand up for themselves and is able to articulate um, the general history um, and, and lore behind the statue to sort of calm everyone down. And next step is if we can get some Hindus to sort of go and be like, all right, time to take down the time to free Sir John and McDonald. If you could get a Hindu contingent that's sort of on the free Sir John. And but it did happen, like, actually. Well, I mean, I, I, I have blocked Rupa Subramania on Twitter. I've never hidden that. Yeah. Rupa Subramania criticized when the the Andrew McDonald statue was taken down. Mm. I don't hide things, man. I, I I say things straight on the face. I don't care. I've blocked Rupa. I have my reasons. But she's right in this entire thing. I'll stand up for her. Right. And the way the vicious attacks that have happened on Rupa Subramania from a certain section of Canadian Twitter, I, I condemn that. Does that mean I'll unblock her on Twitter? No, I still will not. But I'll stand up for her right. She's 100% accurate on this one. Yeah, yeah. I, philosophically, I, I, I agree with Rupa here that, yeah, like, listen, it's pri private property, religious freedom, sort of a slam dunk for me on this one. Um, you know, I think, I, I'm just saying, I, I'm a comedian also. So, like, again, we, you know, I don't, we don't, I don't agree on Ben takes, but sometimes Ben and I call each other late at night and we say really funny things. And, like, yeah. Uh, we 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 could say funny. Okay, let's talk about Ben. Listen, before somebody knows, yes, Ben was on my podcast. Yeah. Not only that, I've spent some time offline with both Ben and Daniel. We we even went out for dinner. By the way, great place. Go and check out Cactus Cafe in Sherwood. If you guys have not, uh, I'm not paid by them. So before somebody thinks I've been paid by Cactus paid Cafe, by the Mossad, not by the Cactus. Uh... Yes, I I am Mossad agent. Um, but the point is that. So he mocked a Hindu god. I don't care. Uh, so he he said some really stupid uh, things on Twitter. I still don't care. Big deal. I mean, yeah. do I think he's right? No. But no. he's not a political analyst. Why Why would I take political ana analysis from a comedian? I'm not supposed to do that. Well, you see, he is the mayor of Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny like all the all the parody stuff we made during the mayor videos they're starting to come true so it, it basically that was like funny ben, ben and i are mayor of toronto in the in bizarro world no yeah it's like yeah so listen ben's a comedian he'll make jokes he'll move on to the next thing you know there's a chinese mayor in boston saying crazy things and he's already moved on um uh there's that but yeah then there's the sort of the you know the ppc lunatics who Listen, I, I understand these because I've seen people send me screenshots of their Telegram channels, the Jeremy McKenzie crew. Um, they'll probably be watching this and very upset with with me. And I'm being a subversive Jew by going on this Hindu podcast to undermine the white man. Look, he just admitted it and blah, 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 blah. I, I've dealt with these dick dogs before. Like they're they they have a combined IQ, IQ of 47 between the 400 of them. I mean, like it's it. Not a lot of thinking going on. Um, you know, it's it's the same recycled stuff. So, yeah, like, again, I have, um, you know, there, there, I, I graded on, are there people who just legitimately 
um, don't like, like, again, I, if there's a Christian, um, if you're a believing Christian or Jew or, 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 or Muslim, like a lot of monotheists, you're not, yeah, they're not going to like uh, a statue of a foreign or, or, or a different religion. So that's religious freedom. They're, it's the same, the same religious freedom for them not to like the statue is your religious freedom to have the statue, right? And both of them are important, right? Like this is, you know, so yes, the right to, to, to express your faith and to blaspheme against it, same right. So I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. And listen, I will defend the people who are reasonable, who are being like, listen, I just, I don't like it. Um, I don't like a statue. I, I don't like, you know, I, I don't want to see it. You know, it's too tall. If you can see the thing. Okay, okay, fine. Like, whatever. Um, I think, you know, I, I don't want to attack those people. They're not bigots. They just have an opinion. But then there are legitimately rotten people you've seen. Like, there's legitimately rotten people who are just using this. And With blue ticks. With blue ticks. Well, I mean, anyone can play. I, have, I mean, I have a blue tick. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, they're not um, your classical blue ticks. But yeah, there's people with fault. Like again, it's it's the Canadian alt right is 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 up in arms and it's disgusting. Yeah, we got to make a you know distinction of people who, you know, just you know don't like it. Like again, like my friend Wyatt, who is who who supports the right of it to be there. But like again, he's not the most artistic person. Like he's very numbers numbers. He does like again, he's like I don't you know. It's, it's kind of ugly and, you know, it's not for me. But again, like, he's not raving about it online. He's just like, he's a very believing Christian guy. He's not the most artistic guy in the world. Like he doesn't like go to galleries, or whatever. So he looks at a giant statue that's like, why it also wouldn't like a giant Jesus statue. Like that's how he would be like, this is too ostentatious. So, and uh, are you saying, are you saying, are you telling me that Wyatt, uh, by the way, very nice guy. I yeah. know Wyatt too. He's a very good human being. Are you saying Wyatt won't like this 60 foot Jesus statue in no. India? No, no, he wouldn't like that either. Wyatt. See, Wyatt has bad taste. Look at this. <laughs> no, like Wyatt. 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 Yeah, Wyatt. I, 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 I think I know Wyatt well enough to, 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 to say. And so, he's the most believing Christian I know. He just has, he's just a bit particular. And, you know, this is not. Um, this statue in India is bigger than that uh, Hanuman statue in Canada, for the record. Yeah. Like, so again, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with, with any of this. Like you want to build, you know, giant statues. Like, like, I think it's fine. Like I, I don't, I'm in war, but like there's people who are just going to not like, listen, if you make a 50 foot tall statue, people are allowed to talk. Like, that's just saying like above a certain size, like you make it twice the size of, you know, the larger the statue you make, the more people are going to go. What's that? Right? And friction happens, conversation happens. So the bigger the statue, the more willing you have to be to accept that people are going to talk about it positively so, or negatively. So what do you think about this one in Montreal? I like this one too. What do you make of this? Let's let's see. Daniel, you like this one? It's fine, a bit rusty. I I would I, I think this is kind of cool, man. What do you think? It's got six thousand rivets in the bottom. It's got six thousand rivets. It's kind of cool. Okay, it's a thingy, Jay. Yeah, kind of cool. Like I'm, I, I'm down for this. Like, listen, I, I, I like, you know, I like expression of religious art. Um, I even though I'm not, I like a, it. I'm not a religious. It's funny. So it was, it was like my grandmother's 
like it was like last month or a couple of weeks ago the whole family went to the art gallery this is when i went to the art like i don't go there for fun i go there when my grandmother has a party and you look bad to the rest of the family if everyone shows up and you don't mm-hmm. um but my my i i realized uh at the art gallery i kind of turned to my dad at some point and i'm like all right i think um every artist needs to be forcibly converted to christianity i'm like that that's that's my thing there it's like you get to see like when the godless he- heathens and their paintings versus like the the <laughs> the religious uh, paintings you know not islam islam doesn't like the art even, but um you know i i'm like yeah every artist should be forcibly if you receive i was like if you receive canadian government arts grants they uh they have to be forcibly converted to christianity uh, that was sort of my <laughs> that was my take. That was my take of walking through the modern art section of the art gallery. <laughs> it's like y'all need Jesus, and I'm an, an atheist too. So that was so. Again, my my takes on art should, and music should be to, like no one should listen to them. No one should take them seriously. If we're talking about Calistanis running around being ridiculous, okay, call in Daniel. If we're talking about uh, like arts and and the spirit, like you know <laughs> i'm not the guy but i'll, I'll talk anyway but i, I shouldn't so, be so you know what i think the the canadian uh alt-right uh saw and i think uh ben bank is can uh, can appreciate the humor here i think this is what they see when they see the hanuman statue this is a 1987 bollywood movie called mr india this is the best scene of that movie i mean i mean nothing is just watch this There goes Hanuman. Boom! That's the Canadian white guy. That's the Canadian white guy. That's what he feels about the Hanuman. exactly what's happening special effects are so th- this is the problem here the when white people see that i think they they get reminiscences of uh, of bajrang bali going around back going back he's going to come to life and start smacking people <laughs> that's what they think i think so so okay so see i i had already made an announcement on social media i usually um don't talk a lot on my podcast but i have to talk about this but there are two three reasons for this um as daniel said i actually have uh, have that unique place in this discourse where i kind of get both the worlds i'm not saying i'm an expert on both the worlds but i understand where both the worlds come from so i just wanted to start by saying this i'm really you know it, in a very weird way i'm very disappointed with the hindu community you know next time they should not build a 50 foot statue they should build a 100 foot statue of lord ram and yell jai shri ram on a private property and 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 maybe you know the atheistic hindus like me we should have our own temple and we should build a 200 foot statue of just kushal mehra just showing mm-hmm. the middle finger to everybody in canada and just say now what are you going to do sucker 
that that that's how uh, i think I'm, i'm very disappointed with the indian community but but to come to the next problem next issue the problem is not the statue Let, let's get very real yeah. Yeah, the problem I, is two cultures not understanding each other and right. the problem is i don't know how to say this the problem is monotheism i don't know how to say this the problem is monotheism because i'll give you an example i just showed you a much taller statue of jesus in india guess what nobody has a problem because it's part of our culture we we build statues we make art we have beautiful temples we celebrate these things um you should go and check out there is this uh, group called ramakrishna mission uh and ramakrishna mission has incorporated jesus as one of the devatas in their pantheon so they will have idols of hindu gods and then they'll have jesus too they have incorporated jesus in their pantheon now the problem with monotheism and monotheism is built which is why you know the one book everybody in the west should read is being different by an indian american author rajiv malhotra everybody should read it they will understand what the problem is with monotheism and i'm going to take a lot of time now so i apologize in advance go for it it's your podcast no no because i never do it so i'm kind of breaking the code and monotheism is built on tolerance basically the idea is what happened after the hanuman statue is a bunch of monotheists i'm not saying all a select bunch of monotheists who suffer from difference anxiety they can't handle difference you know because monotheism is like my god true your god false you going to hell i need to save you hindu system your god true my god true awesome let's party all gods true the rigveda ends with the verse recognizing all the tribal gods it's a very different mindset so monotheism demands submission and can only give you tolerance so when they see these things right the the reaction is because of their difference anxiety that they they suffer at at a mental level i am psychoanalyzing monotheists yes i am doing that because i know they behave like this which is why my book is called nastic and the tagline is going to be why i am not an atheist because i felt the same thing when i went on western atheistic forums because i was very different to them mm-hmm. my disbelief was very different to their disbelief and i used to never understand it until i grew up and i matured i was like oh damn i'm a hindu which is why i can't get along with most of the atheists in that because they're so aggressive like richard dawkins the god of the bible is the most misogynistic genocidal blah 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 and i'm like why is he so angry yeah because i've never i've never had that anger on my religion at at the core of this is hinduism functions on mutual respect where uh, let's say a hindu will come to me and they'll tell me that hey so are you a believer i'll be like believer of what they'll be like reincarnation uh, karma and uh, you know the concept of brahman where there is one reality i'm like no i think most likely reincarnation is false uh, there is no evidence for it uh, i don't see any thing out there 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 i don't see i live my life assuming that there is no such thing i can't prove it either way you can't prove it on your way either so let's be agnostic but i live my life choosing like there is no god or there is no reincarnation and when i die it's game over and all they say is we respect you 
we don't tolerate you the words that come out of a hindu's mouth is we respect you and this is me who literally doesn't believe in these things but when there's diwali time in my house i'll actively chant the mantras mm-hmm. i'll actively go to my temple and i will worship that's the difference between non monotheistic faiths and monotheistic faiths it's tolerance and mutual respect we demand mutual respect all we get is tolerance i am very happy this hanuman statue thing has happened i'm actually very happy Same because here. now I, I like i like essence i i'm a fan of turning i want to see what the hindu community has i want to see how they handle this like okay i'm it's kind of what i said like well, let's let's you know let's let's push you, you know you know what what we're going to do because i'm going to be back in the summer so you and i we'll go to the hindu sabha mandir together i'll take all you right. there all right we'll go there together i'll take you we'll have a entire tour of the mandir i'll explain what hanuman stands for what's the story why is uh, he one of the most revered gods in the mm-hmm. entire hindu pantheon what are the values he represents and and after that tour you will understand why they do things because see for a hindu having a giant jesus statue is like wow giant jesus statue they don't feel repulsed by it are there certain far right hindus who might be repulsed by it absolutely and before somebody says i can show you screenshots of those crazy people but at a theological level and at most hindus at a psychological level listen most hindus i know in canada celebrate christmas most of them or at least 30 to 40% of them will even have a christmas tree at home you know why because they don't think it's a false religion or a false god they're like we are here we love this culture christmas is awesome let's yeah. celebrate it i don't think many christian households will do that and celebrate diwali it's because it's a monotheistic mindset problem and i'm not expecting monotheists to change i could care less they can take their monotheism and shove it where the sun don't shine i don't care i really don't care but hindus don't need to change their way of life is what i'm trying to say i, I could care less about this and hindus can continue celebrating christmas either i i don't believe that hindus should become like monotheism and say oh because they insulted my god now i will insult your religion no we should celebrate good things in every culture which is why hindus commit the least crimes in most countries they immigrate because they assimilate better yeah well, again this is what i say like there's there's a massive difference between you know a hindu religious like again there's you have to look at everything like with your context and history and and understanding like there's no there's no sort of hindu conversion you know there, there aren't really hindu missionaries coming to our country to try and turn everyone hindu like this is not what's happening so you know you like if you see what it is on the private property like could you make the argument that there are people around it on other private property you can see it and okay sure but you know the main you know the main opposition i have to like the islamic call to prayer again is i know the driving motivation behind it like yeah it's not about making the muslims feel good it's about pushing the boundaries and islamizing the country like the the, the drive behind that is to push and push and push and the ultimate goal of that is the caliphate it's a it's it's the islamic state of canada 
the mm-hmm. goal of the Henneman statue is, hey, look, statue of Henneman. Why? Well, this is the story. Like, the ultimate goal is to tell the story of this god, which I hope the Hindu community can do. And again, I, again, this is sort of I see as, like, I, I've been fighting these people for a while. Like, this is the shallow end. Like, kind of pushing you, you know, taking your water wings off, kind of pushing you into the middle of the shallow end. And there's a bit of flopping. There's people saying things. Defend yourself. Stay calm. You know, you're right. Be more assertive. When it's just a joke, let it roll off because you get to make jokes about Muslims and Jews and Hindus and 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 Sikhs and Christians and atheists. That's our country, right? This isn't Charlie. No, no one's allowed to go Charlie Hebdo, um, right? So you know that's what you'd I'd want to see. And you know, I I think you have an interesting thing. Like yeah, and I think I brought it up too. Like the the history of Judeo Christian and you know uh, our current monotheistic religions. His story is. An idol was put up. That is a bad thing. And then in yeah, order but, to people, but post-Maimonides, uh, to be fair to the Jews, Judaism changed post-Maimonides. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot, uh, um, uh, lots of um, uh, whatever. But yeah, like, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a push there where any sort of statue that's not, you know, a statue is going to create a bit of thing. And, it, and, and, and I also think a lot of this is if this statue was put up, Five years ago, no one cares. Um, but we're just at this toxic point with statues and everything being ripped down. Exactly. That 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 this is that hit the, the soft spot here. So and the Hamas protests on the street, they don't the understand. All brown people are the same. Exactly. There's like again, these the 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 you know, uh, I'm ashamed to say, you know, one of the guys like Greg, uh, I won't say his last name, like someone I knew uh, when we started comedy. I know him ten years ago. Um, but it was sort of this problem of, I knew him 10 years ago, but like, yeah, he became conservative, but he just learned to hate Trudeau and, and never really became conservative in mm. a way, right? So now he's yelling about this and um, the Punjabi national anthem is a sign of Hindu nationalism in Canada. And you're like, the guy wearing a term is not a Hindu, by the way, that is a Sikh. Um, again, <laughs> all, of this is, all of this is confluent, but for these people, it's actually interesting. They're not, he's, Greg's not upset about the, the Palestinians uh, trying to cancel Christmas. Because they're more, they, they, they're they happy to use the communists and the Islamists because they hate Jews, right? So it's, it's this weird thing where like, we've all learned that like, you know, for the Islamists and the communists, they were able to unite their differences because they both hate Jews more than they either hate or love the trans or gays, right? So that wound was uh, mended pretty quickly. And you see with the alt-right, they hate Jews more than they want to protect the country from Islamists or communists. So again, a lot of the people complain, like a lot of the people complaining about the Hanuman statue um, or the worst actors, the people being racist when they complain about the Hanuman statue um, and they believe in, you know, Christianity and we got to keep the nation Christian. None of them have really criticized the Palestinians, you know, attacking Santa Claus at the mall, right? And so you can see the, the hypocrisy. Like, if you are not upset about the Palestinians attacking Christmas, I don't care what you have to say about the Hindu statue because, you know, you're being a coward, okay? Anyone can take a shot at the Hindus. I can take, like, I can take as many shots at the Hindus as I want in the most ridiculous way possible. I might lose followers, 
but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die. It's pretty safe, right? I can and I can gain some followers from certain like like. Yeah, you can make money through uh, Twitter if you're a blue tick through engagement. You make money too. You barely make any money. Like I do make more money than I spent on Twitter. Like I I won the Twitter thing, but like the money like it the money on Twitter now is not um nothing, you, nothing worse but you have to understand though you're not those people you have other resources they rely on yeah yeah I, okay like my my point is it's easy to attack Hindus it's easy yeah they're you, soft target you know soft target like you, you want to prove you want to prove you want to prove that you 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 can actually criticize other things like you know how how about you know the 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 roaming of Islamists and socialists terrorizing the streets? If you have the balls to go after them, then I'll I'll listen to you when you want to talk about uh, uh, Punjabi national anthem and 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 Hindu statues. Yeah, so just to educate people, because I know because of Daniel, some some people on the Canadian side are going to watch this. So there's a great you know great little article written on the Hindu American Foundation. It was five things you need to know about Hanuman by Shama Allard. And it's just a one minute read. Uh, the link is also there. Just You just have to Google five things to know about Hanuman, Hindu American Foundation, and just understand what he stands for. Like he's the personification of dedication and devotion. He's the son of the wind god. His name means disfigured jaw. And why does it mean that the story behind this? how he was cursed to forget his powers and he exists wherever Rama, Sri Ram, Bhagwan Ram is glorified. It's a good introduction into Hanuman. It's on the Hindu American website. And I would urge all of you to go and check it out, educate yourself. And, and now, uh, uh, you know, how the Hindu community has handled this. Listen, um, I understand where the Hindus are coming from because the, they go... Listen, we are the one community that came to this land and assimilated the most. We have the highest Eng English speaking rates, albeit in a different accent, but we do speak English. Uh, we actually do all the good jobs and we pay our taxes. So we are contributing uh, members of the society. We don't live off welfare as certain cultures do that come into Canada. We we literally don't. We we. We take our time, we work hard, and we there. You Secondly, don't have three of your wives waiting in line at the yes, station, the four yeah, wives yeah, at the station? We, we don't. We are not uh, ripping off. Secondly, there have been a slew of attacks, Daniel, you know this, on Hindu temples of late. where yeah. and, and it's not done by far-right no. white people. It's been Khalistanis, but they're already hurt, right? The Canadian Hindu community is already hurt. And mm -hmm. then you have the caste bill coming in and they're trying to attack them. And in such a sensitive time when they don't even want to harm anyone. So see, why do I know the story of this temple is because I have family members involved with this temple since the 1980s. Mm -hmm. You know how the community struggled to raise funds for this temple how eventually this temple was you know it's i think it's a 30 or 32 acre temple complex it's and and you should go and see like if you go you know it doesn't matter if you're a hindu or not you know you'll be fed you know there are things that are done at the temple and of all the things when people attack this community they're going to be hurt but at the same time, my message to the Hindu community is from a free speech perspective. Listen, you're not going to send me messages saying, you know, tagging me on Twitter saying, look, oh, this guy said that. Oh, Ben Bankis mocked him. 
listen, Ben Bankers can mock anyone. I'll mock Ben Bankers. I'll mm. mock all the gods he likes. And that's how the game is played. I'll mock Christianity and Judaism and Hinduism. He'll mock whatever he wants to mock. We'll have a good dinner. We'll laugh. I'll mock him. He'll mock me. And yeah. let me tell you very categorically, when Ben met me, I told him, go hard on my people. I yeah. told Ben that. Go hard on them. Let them develop a thick skin. Because at the end of the day, everybody is not a racist. And I, I, I'm not standing up for Ben Bank is here. So don't get me wrong. What his exchange with Rupa, I think Ben was wrong. And I told that to Daniel. I told him privately. I'm saying yeah, and, ben, and Ben privately messaged me. Should I say this? And I said, probably not. I would not. He's like, yeah, too late. And I'm like, well, then why do you ask me? Yeah. So <laughs> why do you ask me? The point is that but, yeah. you have to grow a pair. Hindus, grow a pair. Exactly. Yeah. Become thick skinned. If you gonna, if you want to live in Western societies. You're not off limits. Your gods are not off limits. Your culture is not off limits. Nothing is off limits. You're living in a society where they mock Judaism and Christianity on a daily basis. They're used to that. Google piss Christ. And what it is, just Google that. The amount of Jewish jokes that are cracked by stand-up comics all the time. You should just go and check those things out. And honestly, Hindu community has to get used to this. What they should do is they should try and educate other communities. And you should not expect the Christians to think you're not going to hell. That's their code. What the Christians should not expect is they should not expect the Hindus to think that they don't have a stupid religion. Mm -hmm. That's also equally clear. I think your religion is stupid. You think I'm going to hell and we all live happily ever after. Yeah, it's, it's like, listen, if you, again, like anyone, anyone, listen, so I've said, I, I, if you want to make fun of the Hanuman statue and you want to go this and you don't, and you don't like it because of whatever sensibilities and you want to voice it, great, you have the right. But that also means people can come back at your thing too. Like this is, this is the thunder to the free speech of ideas. So listen, like you don't have to, you know, love the, the statue. You don't have to hate it. You can just be like, I'm kind of ambivalent on it, whatever, fine. But if you're going to make this like this fucking statue is up here and here's my things and you're like as a blank, this is why I don't like the statue. People can come in and be like, okay, well, this is why I don't like blank. It's okay. like everyone's everyone has the same freedoms. The the freedom to erect the statue is the same freedom to criticize the statue. Like that's what it is. And I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, time for the Hindu community to develop a bit of a thick skin, a sense of humor, but also a bit of a backbone. Like you know, learn to defend yourselves, like learn to swim. This is the shallow end. This is just a statue. This isn't anything serious. This isn't like a Calistani mob where, you know, that everyone needs to, I would say everyone needs to support the Hindu community from, you know, violent mobs. But this is the, a statue gate. This is criticism over a statue. This is, this is the shallow end of the culture war. Learn to handle yourselves. I'm cheering for you. I'm watching, but you know, we can't always come in and you know hold your hand in the shot. Like learn, kick. The only criticism Whoa. that I have is that the Canadian left then tries to introduce bills that want to control criticism of Islam. Yes. So what do we do about that? 
Well, this is this is why I want the Hindi community to develop a bit of a thick skin and be one of the communities that can say like, okay, we can learn to take a joke, right? And I would end up turning on certain Hindus if they tried to say, hey, we need Hinduphobia protect. Like this is where like the Hinduphobia thing comes in. Okay. Like, I want, don't agree with the word, but what do you do? I don't agree with the word of this. Like, listen, if you want to enact like the Hinduphobia protocol when Calistanis are harassing the temples, okay, fine. But if you try and enact Hinduphobia protocols on someone who's making jokes about a statue, well, then, you know, then I have to come to the defense of, of everyone else because, like, this is the problem with. I mean, this, this is everyone's fear with like the Hindophobia thing. It's like, okay, it's just going to be another group um, pushing radical leftism through their own um, particular ethnic uh, tilt. And, you know, how do we, st- like, there will be uh, far left Hindus who probably will want to say, oh, look, the alt right is here. Um, we need free speech laws and we'll try and gain some, um, let's say, social credit. Um, within their circles in front of the other lefties as being the ones to attack the, you know, alt-righters here. So, you know, that's a danger. Um, But, you know, my hope is the Hindu community learns to sort of take this with a bit of grace and sense of humor and everyone kind of moves on because, again, the reason why people keep will keep making fun or keep poking is because it gets a good rise out of you if you can kind of show that you don't get histrionic, but instead you can sort of take a joke when you can and stand up for yourself when you can. You know, the bullies, people will flutter off onto something else and within a week no one will be talking about this. And um, uh, uh, But I think I think we, for the most part, agree on uh, a lot of this here. It's, um, yeah, so I'll reiterate. Listen, you put up a 50-foot tall statue, people are allowed to talk about it. Can't yeah, the next time you should put up a 100-foot tall statue. And that then that's kind of the point the of the statue is like, look, here, look at this, Lord Inman, talk about this. Like, that's the reason you put up a giant statue. Like, listen, I want a hundred foot tall Lord Ram statue. That would be so awesome in Canada. And, 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 you know, we should pay, pick the one spot where, uh, you know, even the, uh, the, the Quebecois should get irritated. So we should pick that area because that is the one, you know, the thing about polls is that when I study Canadian polls, like the, the, the Quebec, the, Quebec folks, they hate everyone. Like they don't everything like anyone. Everyone. They Quebec everything hates literally everything. Yeah. It's it's uh, and uh, even the other French people. Like uh, so yeah, do it in Quebec and just watch you want yeah, to see. Yeah, and you know, we watch. should just put like a hundred foot statue over there. It would be so awesome. So the last thing, like this has to be uh, on stupid shit that I just I was like, wait, what? Like this is an issue now? I mean, I was like, okay, we we are talking about this, so I got really confused with this one, man. You have to explain uh, the outrage about this stupid freaking thing. Okay. So there's this uh, Winnipeg makes history by performing the national anthem in Punjabi for the first time in NHL. I do not know the Canadian national anthem was there in Punjabi, first of all. And then everybody lost their shit over this. I'm just going to play a few seconds of the Canadian national anthem in Punjabi. I do not even know it existed.
Oh my God, they use Indian instruments too. They're singing in English and Punjabi. Forget it. I couldn't take it. Me and national anthems, they don't get along. Anyways, um, so well, I don't understand. Yeah, so I don't understand this. So it was in English and Punjabi. What's the problem there? Okay, so the ultimate thing is this is piggybacking of all the other cultural issues behind the Hanuman statue. And it's really people are mad at sort of the diversity industry we can say and like that's the real underlying thing yeah. if we're going to get like where does it really hit it's the sort of the disdain for canadian history and culture when trying to do this now i am very particular about national anthems in in sporting events so i hate a lot of i love the national anthem and i think i've always been the national anthem should be sing of unity the singer of the national anthem should sing it at an acceptable pace a pace that we all can kind of understand or used to and can sing along with to be a thing of unity. So I'm quite particular on the anthem. I have, if you you can even probably ask my dad, at points, I have looked at white people or famous American pop stars and threatened to send them to jail for bad national anthems that I found annoying. So my tolerance is, is low. Again, so we're just setting the, the baseline here. Um, so from the... It violates the, the the Daniel law of just sing it in a unifying way because I really hate when the national anthem is turned into a political thing. We have the kneeling from the American culture war and the Black Lives Matter stuff. So I generally like anthems to be at sporting events just like purely unifying non-political things. I think that's the best thing. As just a sports fan and someone who covers the culture war, like that's just my personal opinion. So that's one thing. The, the other thing where I say the criticism is legitimately is like where you shake your head and go, oh, and it's not their fault. It's like it's a kind of thing. If we're doing it in Punjabi, that means how many other languages do we have to do it in, right? So it's, it's not just this. It's like the, okay, if it's in Punjabi, then do we do the Spanish and the Mandarin and the Hebrew and the... It is there. And, these, it is there. and this and this and that. And you get into like, okay what's the like the other problem is it opens up this rabbit hole of we did this but we didn't do this but we did this and we didn't do this and th that's kind of annoying so that's the downside the positive side is this is a display of patriotism from a immigrant population like that's what we want right don't we want yeah exactly how how can you be mad at a person loving canada <laughs> this is so confusing yeah, again, so, like, I mean, I'll give credit to, like, Ezra Levant and whatever, um, who, like, quite specifically defended this. Um, you know, for, listen, I hate when people mess with the national anthem at sporting events. I hate it. So, by definition, I do hate this Punjabi national anthem. But Oh, I understand. In fact, I, I, I also would like that, you know, just seeing the English version, there are too many versions from simplicity perspective. Yeah. But but on, that's on like the Daniels like again I I threatened to like you know deport Adele or whatever over singing national anthem or, or I say ridiculous things about national anthem I just have these particular so from my skill but if I were with these kids I'd be like oh good job and I, I appreciate what they did like I wouldn't take it out on anyone there like I'm happy to see the kids do this in in terms of like bad this was a good bad national anthem but a, a Daniel bad one again I told you my like you need to sing it. 
at the right pace and so the crowd can sing along. That's a good. That's the only acceptable. Those are good. And then the American you, you, National Anthem. You sound like do, a music composer. I, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm on this one. Like the Americans. Like I hate when you, they start off and they're like, "Oh, sick. You're like, "This is gonna be bad. Put this guy in jail." Like that. Like again, I've threatened to send that person to jail. So that is worse than the like. I have things like with the American National Anthem. You got to do your little thing at the end. The land of the free and the home of the brave. You get to sing that however you want to do. You want to go off? It's in the last line. That's kind of built in. Um, so from that perspective, it's like, okay, national anthems. We're doing things in the national anthem. PTSD from the Colin Kaepernick stuff. I just don't want to see. I don't want to see any. I don't want to see any political statements major on the anthem because I just I don't trust us. It's sort of like you know, it's like you know, you know, mom and dad are like, okay put the video games away. And you're like, no, I haven't played yet. It's my brothers that have been doing that. I don't care. Shut it down in this house. Like no more, no more video games. Um, you know, after six, p like again, that, that's, that's, that's sort of, you know, my role, but in terms of like, yeah, again, like this is a patriotic display. They're using, you know, again, Indian instruments to It literally means the same. Them. Also, by the way, I heard the anthem. It literally means the same words in yeah. Punjabi. They, they, they didn't change it. They didn't desecrate it. They were very respectful. Um, you know, you know. Other than the 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 Daniel doesn't like stuff at the national anthem because he watches a lot of sports and the culture war, and he just wants a break. And and I think you know I just want everyone to be on the same page for five minutes. Um, but again, so take that up because that's just personally me, and that's me being weird. And like, it's just again, this is like you know the fact that you know I I always buy different uh, toothpaste. I never buy the same toothpaste. Uh, if I can help it, why? Just to mess with whatever algorithm is tracking. Just so, like, just so the toothpaste people are out there, like, what? What is? It? We know he always buys Old Spice deodorant. We have, we know what type of deodorant he wants. So I'm very consistent in that. But I, I know no toothpaste. I, I, I just, I, I have this loving feeling that the people at the toothpaste companies are like, mint Colgate. Can we put the things in it? Now he wants Crest. What do we do? I just have this fun image. So I'm just a crazy person. So. But for this, it's a display of patriotism. I get it. For an anthem that kind of annoys me because I, I you know, okay, we're doing it in Punjabi. This is Mandarin. But also the Punjabi thing. Let me defend the Punjabi thing further. Um, there actually is a reason why hockey, like it's Punjabi at a hockey game. Like in Canada, we have like hockey night in Punjabi. Like there is the big Punjabi cast, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But the, the Punjabi guy was actually called up to do one of the Stanley Cup games when the Penguins won their last cup. And he has the famous call, Benino, 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 Benino. So there is a cultural Punjabi hockey element where the Punjabi right. community has really embraced hockey. So again, this, this mitigates my second criticism of, okay, this means every other national anthem language. You, I think the, the Punjabi, the reason it's Punjabi is because I guess they've earned it more by being more involved in hockey and like the whole Punjabi push of hockey and Punjabi and really building up this community where you then see it expressed in the game. So as someone who hates shenanigans during the national anthem as a default, this does hit every category of like, okay, fine, 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 fine. Will you get me back to sort of neutral on this thing where I'm like, I'm not going to complete. Listen, it's very rare that I'm I also, you know, I'm going to, you not complain about it in a national anthem being sung in, in some way. Like I miss Martina Ortiz Luis, the girl who used to do it for the Leafs. She did it perfectly. 
like right in that, you know, you, people you could sing along to her. Like that's a good national anthem singer. Um, but yeah, like again, it's 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 a show of integration and patri patriotism, which is what we want to encourage. And it is too bad that it gets caught up in this whole culture war where, you know, yes, we have this two-tiered system for, for, for people who agree with the establishment, people who don't, and, and it's driving everyone crazy. And, um, you know, there's that. But yeah, you would, you, you, you would hope to one day live in a country where a couple of cute little girls can sing a, a national anthem in Punjabi and no one has a hissy fit. But we don't live there now, so hissy fit's incoming. But honestly, I think the national anthem of Canada should only be sung in English. That's just my point of view. Not yeah, even okay. French. Yeah, How take that. that? Uh, we won the Battle of the Plains of Abraham, and there should yeah. be consequences. I'm with yeah, you. so not even French, for the record. Not even yeah. French. It's just freaking easier. Everybody knows one language. Just sing. or uh, uh, So that's one. But at the same time, in India, like, so the national anthem is usually one standard model, but... The national anthem over the period of the 75 years of Indian political history has been translated into 22 national languages and many regional languages in India. It's there. It's being done in India. But when you go across India, we only sing Janaganamana. We only sing what is the standard version. So if a Canadian does not want to partake in people singing the Punjabi version of it, Obviously, how the hell? See, my my. So what I did not understand is, I understand where the criticism is coming from. It's like, why are you guys doing all of this? But then, there's the other perspective that listen, they love the country so much they even came up with a national anthem in their native language from where they come from. Both sides have actually got good points, but as long as the state does not force you to remember every single national anthem in every single language. Because if the Indian state made me do that, I would stop singing all national anthems, period. Yeah, that'd be too hard. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to do that. If, just for, from the sake of simplicity, you should have one standard model. I, I, You know what? I wouldn't sing the French one either. Oh, Canada in English is enough. Let's just stick to that. I don't too need to quick. remember so many things. My wife knows that. My wife knows this one too. And I always tell her, like, what the fuck, man? Why do you guys have like two versions? I mean, I mean it makes no sense. Just sing one. Like, I, in fact, I was telling my wife, I was like, why, does, why, why do we have a Punjabi national anthem, first of all, of Canada? I am a Punjabi and I will not sing it. I won't. I'll just stick to the English one. But there is one aspect of it. That, you know, the argument, the straw man given over here, oh, no, oh, we're going to lose our English language heritage. Are you guys crazy? You guys even, you guys can't even say Punjab properly. Like even the guy announcing the Punjabi national anthem. It's not Punjabi. It's Punjabi. You can't even say that. What are you going to sing? The well, national you have to do anthem the hockey voice. Language? You have to do the hockey, like hockey arena voice. From Punjab. You can't, it has, if you're doing it in hockey, it has to be Punjab. Assist to number 10. Punjab. <laughs> so that's the whole point, right? It, the, the outrage on this entire national anthem thing was so stupid. Oh, it's, like, it's a symptom. It's, it's a symptom of a wider cultural sickness. Yeah. Like, it, it, this is not, you clearly saw, you looked at it, and it goes, uh, this has nothing to do with this Punjabi national anthem. It has to do with this, this, and this, and this. It has to do with all the problems you can be complaining about for the last 10 years. 
they're metastasizing, they're coming to the fruition, they're getting worse. Like, this is about Palestinians roaming the streets, threatening Santa Claus. Like, that's what this is about. It's not about, um, you know, the Punjabi national anthem. Like, and that's pretty clear to me that, that a lot of this is like, um, just manifestations of wider cultural sickness. But, but I have a request for all my Indians. You really want to trigger the alt-right in Canada? This is what you do, Indians. Make a version of the Canadian national anthem. If you want to make it funny, make it funny. In every single regional language of India, just to mess with them now. See, this is what you do. You don't whine. What you yeah. do is you double down. So make a Canadian national anthem Marathi version. Make a Canadian national anthem Gujarati version. Make a Tamil Canadian national anthem. And annoy them so much that they just lose their shit. That's what you should do. High-level trolls be like the most patriotic. Yes. Like this is maximum. I, I'm more patriotic than you because I sing it in 400, like in, in 400 different versions. Like that will, yeah, again, peace through strength. Right, no, I'm you, so you, looking you forward to there, the Bhojpuri version. Listen, if you again, if you sit there and cry and you're like, "I'm why are people on the internet mean? Everyone must like the Punjabi national anthem and the statue." Man, it gets these alt writers off. They're like, "Oh, look, I've hurt them. They're bullies." So they're like, "Good, get them, get them, get them." Right, but if you like stand up for yourself and like make fun of them. And if they learn fire is hot, if they look like fools every time they come after you, they'll find easier prey. Again, this exactly. is what the Muslims have learned, exactly. albeit in the most, uh, in a, a bit more of, of a violent uh, way. They learn to just attack anyone who criticizes them and people move for easier, easier targets. But the, there is, there are other ways to do that. Again, like people should be bullying the Mormons more because it's such a silly thing. But <laughs> they took it with such grace that there's no font. You're like, I like the Mormons now. I'm I'm yeah. in favor with everyone going. You know what? You know what? Maybe Joseph Smith wasn't that bad. Let him let him let him run around in their magic underpants doing what they need to do. Because yeah. and the language that only he could read, nobody else could. By the way, I mean, yeah, only he could read the message. See, if we have to be seriously outraged about something, this is something we need to be outraged about. Now, this happened in yeah. what the Eden Center, right? This happened in the Eden Center. Yeah, this looks like the Eden Center to me. Yeah, that's the Eden yeah, Center. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is. That guy was literally threatening violence. I'll put you six feet under. That's a clear death threat. Clear death threat yeah. pointing, masked up. Any other, I mean, this is the key. The police seem to grab him on the spot and take him out there. And like, oh, and you always hear the police, so we didn't have enough people to do it. Get more people. Like, grab him and take them. And until, you know, until these people are, are shown that, oh, again, all the Palestinians and Islamists in Canada have just learned, we have another step we can go. Put on a mask, threaten to kill people, threaten violence. We can get away with it. Yep. No, exactly. There's no panic. There's no one. There's no Palestinian leadership or imams or Islamic leaders who've been very vocal in support of Palestine. They go, guys, I saw this video. We need to deal with this internally. We cannot have this. This is wrong. 
it's not in the tenets of this and that. It doesn't help the Palestinian people. You are not helping the cause. Please stay. No. They see it and they go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> and anyone who's not outraged about this and is instead time trying to pick on the, the little girl singing the anthem in Punjabi. Okay. Yeah. Go off the little Punjabi girl. That's so brave. You're, you're really going, listen, if you were, there's people, again, there's people who are mad at the sort of destruction of Canadian civil uh, culture and, and, and have been legitimately fighting. So again, anyone who's legitimately been pushing back against all this stuff and then sees the next thing and then also speaks up against the statue. Fine. Right. Such is, but a lot of the Canadian not right that is really mad at the statue and really going after the Punjabis for singing the thing. A lot of them are pretty fine with the Palestinians because they're harassing Jews and more than they hate Jews more than they love Canadian values. And there's there's no way to put it there. So, right? Listen, if if you're if any if you want to criticize the the, the Punjabi girl. You got to go after the guy trying to kill people first. And once you go after the, the screaming, psychotic Islamist mom, then 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 I will respect you more for going after the little Punjabi girl. Um, but if you can go, but if you can find the strength to go after a defenseless little girl, but not the uh, the roving violent mob. Says everything I need to know about you. Yep. Okay. So somebody asked, can we get a Bhojpuri? That's an Indian language, US and Canadian national anthem. Hell yeah. That would be so much so much fun. Okay. Does the Canadian right or the US right understand the opportunity they have to unite with the Indian right to counter woke agenda and terrorism? Right-wing Hindus are maybe like Vivek Ramaswamy, but North America has to realize it. That's a good question. Why are the Canadian and American right-wingers so stupid? <laughs> We were losers. <laughs> we have the Canadian loser mentality. Um, you know, there's a lot of things. One, the Hindu community has not been that culturally assertive. It's sort of just quietly integrated and assimilated, which is kind of what you ask from an immigrant group. But, um, you know, modern society, we can go into it for another two hours. Yeah, I, I would say I don't think the Canadian... On, on, on aggregate, I would say, yes, the Canadian and the American right doesn't realize the potential ally they have against all of this. Like, I realized, you know, years ago, you know, especially 2019 um, and, and the Kashmir stuff and, 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 you know, seeing how academia was just totally going after India and then talking to people like, I, you know, I, I, I see what you see, but it's a long process. And, um, you know, I, I that's why I'm really hoping for the Hindu community, you know, maybe we'll start something to free the John Sir John A. McDonald statue and hopefully the Hindu community can make some noise and um you know, good um you know building of relationships there. But yeah, I mean again, and this is what I said, India also doesn't do foreign propaganda. India doesn't yeah. get out there and do propaganda to the world and try and boost its image and undermine Pakistan. And I think that's a significant mistake. Like, listen, I don't want foreign countries running propaganda outlets in our countries, um, but you're naive to say they aren't. Um, and right now, the only people doing it is Qatar, Pakistan, China, Russia, um, all the bad guys. And none of the good guys um, are investing in their narratives in our countries. And um, so that's why you see Canadians don't really know much about uh, mm. Hindus. 
or India. So somebody asked this question, seeing the Toronto police being so helpless in front of Hamas, uh, do you think there is a possibility of Sharia no-go ghettos in Toronto in the future? Mississauga, yes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have no-go zones. Like, yeah, the European no-go's, Canada's behind Europe on this, but there will be, I mean, there will be parts of Mississauga where, um, you know, I would not go in with a Megan David. There, there, there already are parts in Mississauga that you, if you walk around openly Jewish, you get attacked. There's just no Jews living there, and no Jews like want to go, you know, test uh, test faith. But um, we're already at a point, yeah, in Mississauga where um, where we're we're very close to Islamic no go zones. Yeah. So this question was for me. Do I believe in the existence of a Sino-Wahhabi left-wing nexus in which Khalistanis are the new members, and what are what Sikhs versus Mexicans? So Sikhs are just normal people. Mexicans are Khalistanis who have a very certain ideological leaning that stems from a particular bunch of scholarship that all started with one or two scholars, one one British, and one who was kind of under that Britisher and. From there is Mexicism. I think Puneet has done good work on it. You should go and check out Puneet's work also. Punitani. And uh, as far as uh, this nexus is concerned, uh, listen, this entire Punjabi national anthem or the Hanuman statue, the one thing that it teaches is that the right is always local. Because at the end of the day, the right of every area is kind of attached to their local culture, their local values local tradition yeah, and, and that's what yeah, yeah so they, they 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 never get along beyond a point is because they are individualists the left is like a global islam kind of a religious thing so there is a left-wing ummah and obviously islam has kind of piggybacked on this so yeah the last two questions are for you why is the trudeau government damaging relations with india and what is the future of justin trudeau I think it's ideological leanings. I think he's um, a critical theorist. I think he's also in bed with Calistanis. I mean, there's major Calistanis that got into his his office. Like, he got into a coalition with the Calistanian Jagmeet. So I, I think for Justin Trudeau, there is a left-wing ideological bent, which is why he's happy. This is why he's not going... I mean, he says nice things about Israel, but the Foreign Affairs Department of Canada is actively undermining Israel, right? Um, and I think that that rubs off on India as well. And what's the future of Justin Trudeau? Um, he'll lose the next election and then he'll parade around the world going to the UN. And he'll be, the next time you see him in India, he'll probably be talking to some um, jihadis election about climate change. That, that's that's what I would say is is his future. He's, he's a global citizen. He wants, he'll be touring around and um, he'll be hitting up his biggest support base, which is left-wing Americans and Europeans. Um, those are the those are those are the people who love him the most. So, I think he'll go do tours and run around the world, being a less mature Greta Thunberg. So, so do you do you think with uh, if the Justin Trudeau government loses and a Pierre Polyev government comes back, this whole idea of post-national Canada, where basically Canada does not have a national identity, it is a bunch of regional, local identities of different groups doing their own thing. And everybody's just tied to this idea of constitutionalism. And uh, eventually, if you have no grand narrative, then even the constitution will collapse. Do you fear that? This is my last question. Yeah, I mean, I do I do fear the, the, the ideological collapse of the country within this post-national stuff. And one of my fears is Polyev gets in, he's too soft and libertarian to really reestablish any sort of Canadian identity. 
Eelis, and I think I don't think it'll be worse. I think he'll go in and be like, oh yeah, that was just a Trudeau thing. But um, you know, there there has to be some legit building of a rebuilding of Canada culturally and like what we stand for as a nation and and some leadership there um, and positive leadership, like not divisive. Like you know, listen, I I like dunking on the commies as much as as anyone else, but. You're right. If we can't find a grand narrative that unites us as Canadians, we're doomed. Like it, it, it's just the way people are. Like, um, I'm interested to hear the story of Hanuman. And and uh, one of the things I just have time in Hinduism is like, you know, there's a lot of good stories uh, there in the holidays. And I, I have interesting theories about how stories make um, better holidays. Like for Judaism, for example, the biggest holidays in Judaism culturally are the ones with the best stories. So yes, you have New Year's and Yom Kippur, like two high holidays, but those are like religiously mandated to be the most important days, and that's New Year's and, and, and Yom Kippur. But then like the three biggest holidays culturally kind of fall a bit out of order. Like the, the, the three second biggest holidays religiously should be um, Passover, Sukkot, Shavuot. No one cares about really Sukkot and Shavuot, especially Shavuot. The top three are like Passover, Hanukkah, and Purim culturally. All three of them have a story that that is Passover is Moses, the exodus of Egypt. A lot of you might have, even if you're Hindu in India, you might even heard the story of Charlton Heston, 10 plagues, 10 commandments, golden calf, splitting of the sea. No, a story. Hanukkah is a story of the Maccabees fighting off a rebellion. And, you know, there's characters there and it, it's a good story. Purim's also a good story. This is a story of Queen Esther in Persia and there's a villain in Haman, and she has to, you know, con- marry and then convince the king to to not um, be anti-Semitic, and then the, she becomes a hero. Like good stories, um, they they create, um, you know, culture and lasting. So if you don't have a meta narrative, if there isn't a story of Canada that everyone can read, if you just go, oh, Canada, it's just a neo, it's a settler colonial state with no history, like it will fall apart if there isn't a grand narrative to unite people. Um, and, and I, I'm, I'm very concerned. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, again, I might've instigated the whole statue thing. Cause I did call Ben a week or a week before this and like, say like, we, we need to free the Sir John and McDonald statue. Like, we were just talking and like, and he called me back. It's like, yeah, it's bullshit. Like there is a real danger to the John A. McDonald statue being locked up on Queens park. Like there, there is a danger here and it is, um, it is sort of destroying the, the cultural fabric. So. That might have been in his mind when he saw the other giant statue. And I'm pretty sure that's why he went to the Sirkane, um to this. Why can we not have this, but we have this? Like, well, it's because that's the thing we were talking about a couple of days before this um, thing hit, hit his feet. So I, I am very concerned that if we cannot find a grand narrative to unite us, the, the, the country will fall apart. And it's not enough to just say, oh, Trudeau was crazy. Like, if we don't actually build um or rebuild something that is canadian um it won't last fair enough i think uh i empathize with a lot of things over here i do understand that you know whatever has ha- happened uh, in canada's past well whatever the british came there and whatever happened to the natives over there i mean I, I, I don't understand uh, you can't rewrite history you can't unturn history those people are now canadians and 
that the, a, a good chunk of Canadian culture is English, a mix of English, French. It doesn't mean new cultures cannot be incorporated mm. in the Canadian identity. In fact, it's the one community that could incorporate itself in the Canadian identity is the Hindu community of Canada. And like I said, I mean, even during Christmas, you'll 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 not be surprised well, we that so are, many... are we, like one of the reason we're better than Europe on a lot of stuff is because like we actually do have a culture that is. In itself more malleable by but like we are in the immigrant call, like it's the the frontier the people coming in and building new lives if that's part of your national story then it's easier to integrate people right because yeah. it's not the story of britain right as britain was around, well we were invaded by the romans and we had yeah, we were the last people to use war chariots like and then you know like there's thousands of years to what is british it's not oh we just came to britain and built a new life like no, that's that's not that's not the way things are in Europe. So they kind of shun these communities um, and didn't ever even try and integrate them. Whereas we had a much easier time integrating different people because Canada is an idea, um, and you know it's an idea that we can all get behind. But we now are run by people who say it's a bad idea, um, mm. it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing that the Europeans uh, landed on. Um, Canadian soil. Um, this did they created a genocide? And you're like, well, shut up, shut up. No, okay. The wars that were started when the Europeans came over were the different indigenous tribes. One, the Algonquin were already at war, but then there were wars set up to gain access to Europeans. Like the 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 first the the, the fighting between the indigenous people is they were fighting over the routes and areas in which because they could if they traded beaver pelts. For guns, they could become the most powerful tribes, and then they had guns which they could use on the other people. So the, the wars between indigenous people when Europeans came were wars between indigenous people primarily for access for Europeans to Europeans. Like that was like the first century of you know colonialism. So you, you want to put this all in context, you know, fine here, but like Again, we're, we're, we're telling a false story. Like, history happened and can't be changed. I'm not saying, oh, no, natives got screwed over. Like, no, there were indigenous, there were re residential schools and all that. I'm like, I'm not saying that. But we have to be honest about what happened, how it happened, in the context it happened in, and, and like, what was going on to, to fix it. But we concocted this new story where, you know, Samuel de Champlain was coming over from the boat. He's just like, ah, 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 genocide. And saw like babies from a different thing. He just started just snapping their heads off and eating them whole. Like, rawr, rawr, babies. And everyone was like, yeah, just cracking people open and bathing in their blood. Like, no. You know, they wanted beaver pelts to build fancy hats because that's what Europeans wanted. They wanted really, really, really fancy hats. And that was our priority. And the indigenous people wanted guns. So we were trading hats for guns. And that's that's what happened. Like it wasn't that's you know, the story of our it seems like we want fancy hats, they want guns, let's make this work. Um and uh that yes, that led to some uh problems here and there, but um, you know, we we have this you know, I think both sides have a hard time, you know, dealing with it's all good. Because, I, I think yeah. I think people will get over it. They'll find uh, uh, some new idea to get mad at. And and my, my last message to the Hindu community will be just ignore the far right. Uh, criticize them. But yeah, uh, 
you have uh, you have you're you're part of that society you made made it really big in that society you're one of the richest minorities of that society you're taxpayers of that society positive contributors of that society and honestly if that society was that horrible and that closed you would not have come this far that's just yeah. the fact of life uh, are there bad people over there yeah random bad people exist are there jackasses on on social media yeah they do uh, uh uh, once again i condemn the vicious attacks on rupa subramania i think they were disgusting and and it should not happen i think rupa was making sense and 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 these things should not happen but eh, it's okay uh, you know uh, this shall pass too but daniel thanks for coming as always it was a pleasure talking to you same here appreciate it all right, guys, we'll wrap today's discussion up. Once again, go follow Daniel on Twitter or X, whatever you guys want to call it. Uh, his handle is there in the description of this podcast. Whether you're listening to this on the audio version on Spotify, iTunes, if you're listening to it over there, do give me a rating over there. That helps the power podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to the channel. And if you want to abuse Daniel, please give him the choices abuses on in the comments section. Uh, Daniel kind of loves when people uh, you know, swear at him. He really enjoys it. He has, <laughs> he has thing for it. And um, if you want to uh, get mad at me again, that's fine. Do that in the comment section. It only helps the video to re uh, and reaches more people. And if you can support the Charvak podcast, buy the merchandise on kushalmehra.com or uh, become a member of this podcast. This podcast runs on its members. So whether on YouTube, Patreon, Fanmo, wherever you guys are. I'll see you guys next time uh, when shit hits the roof in Canada. Daniel will be back. Let's let's hope it doesn't happen. No, but, it'll yeah. always happen. Yeah, it'll always happen. So take care, guys. Bye.